Welcome to Confessions, Convictions, and Conversations, a podcast exploring the cool Christian girl's guide to living in America. I'm your girl, April Davenport. I'll reveal to you a little personal testimony while merging ministry, education, and real life. We will also discuss current events with relevant figures of our time. It is the perfect blend of headline news, black girl magic, and of course, Jesus juice. Come with me on a journey you won't soon forget. So stay tuned, don't change the channel, and let's take a ride. Welcome to Confessions, Convictions, and Conversations. I'm your host, April Davenport. Thanks so much for tuning in to us this season. We are rolling into 2021, and we hope that this first month is going well for you in this brand new year. We know that there's still so much going on in our world, in our country, perhaps in your state, in your city, and obviously in your homes. But we encourage you to hold fast to the profession of your faith, because if you're still here, that means that there is still work for you to do. So here we are are in episode four, Conviction, Free Your Spirit. Wow, so much has happened since we last spoke. You're working on your fresh start in this new year. We're still trying to get this pandemic under some type of control. The holiday season has ended. And did I forget to mention a group of perhaps not so stable people stormed our nation's Capitol building in what they deemed as an American Revolution type act. If you were like me, you watched in horror on January 6th when Donald J. Trump indirectly and directly ordered thousands of people to denounce the acts of our Constitution and prevent the United States Congress from certifying the 2020 election. While this might have been last week's news, it continues to resonate because as we look ahead to the inauguration of next week, I echo the sentiments of this season's first episode. Are we ready for a black woman to be vice president? Are we ready for a black pastor to be the senator from Georgia? Is America ever going to be ready to uphold the words of the sacred documents that we hold so true in this country? Words that are in the preamble of the Declaration of the Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, or words that are in the preamble of the United States Constitution. We the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. When will we see the manifestation of these words for all people in these United States of America? 
Here we are in the year of our Lord 2021, and we all witnessed unequal treatment when the Capitol building was ambushed. So yes, there is work to be done and prayers to be prayed. And today, as we remember the late, great Dr. King, we also hearken to the words he wrote from that cell in a Birmingham jail. Oppressed people cannot remain oppressed forever. The yearning for freedom eventually manifests itself, and that is what has happened to the American Negro. Something within him has reminded him of his birthright of freedom, and something without has reminded him that it can be gained. He goes on to write, so the question is not whether we will be extremists, but what kind of extremists we will be. Will we be extremists for hate or for love? Will we be extremists for the preservation of injustice or for the extension of justice? In that dramatic scene on Calvary's Hill, three men were crucified. We must never forget that all three were crucified for the same crime the crime of extremism. Two were extremists for immortality and thus fell below their environment. The other, Jesus Christ, was an extremist for love, truth, and goodness, and thereby rose above his environment. Perhaps the South, the nation, and the world are in dire need of creative extremists. As we look ahead to the inauguration and to this year, I encourage you to define your place and make sure that you are on the correct side of history. So here we are, 15 days into the new year and our spirits have already digested a lot. Some of us feel as if we are still in 2020 or that we've lived an entire year before going out of the first month. It's important that as we intake so much of our world, our nation, and the things around us that we free our spirits. Remember, every single day is a fresh start. So how do we take care of ourselves first so that we can be in a better position for those around us and be the change agents we need to see in the world? Here are 10 ways to help you free your spirit so that you can be your best each and every day. Number one, no leftovers. I do not like leftovers. Once I've had something one day, I do not like to eat it the next day. I know some people love leftovers, but not me. However, I actually carry this principle in my life figuratively. Anything that happened in my life the previous day, I leave it there, and I do my best not to carry it into the next day. Once I retire for the night, I don't wake up the next day with the previous day's worries or problems. No leftovers. It's the only way to ensure a fresh start for the day and the best way to ensure we appreciate the most of God's brand new mercies every morning. Let today be today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. So no leftovers. Number two, own your cards. Accountability is vitally important to maintaining a clear and free spirit. God is God, and he created fallible humans. We will make mistakes, veer off course, 
and sometimes take very long detours. We are imperfect creatures, which is why we need God. However, we often make our mistakes greater and our detours longer because we lack accountability. When we realize our roles, it's important to own it. No need to play the blame game. Life is about learning. And the only way we learn is to be accountable for our actions and to let others be accountable for the role they played. You are only responsible for you. That's it. But you is a huge responsibility. So own your cards. Number three, take five. I know you love making to-do lists. And I know that checking things off the to-do list helps you feel like Santa. But in reality, if you're to be highly effective in a day, you can only accomplish so much at a high level. I recommend placing five priority items on your to-do list only. If you're able to accomplish those things, you've had a great day. If you don't accomplish them, you've still had a great day. You just may need to have a better day tomorrow. Placing 20 things on a to-do list and only getting 10 things done every day makes you feel like an underachiever. And honestly, you're only succeeding at five of them and you're not giving your best to the other items. Remember your humanity. You can have highly productive days, but don't over-deliver. Just take five. Number four, no competitors. It is my prayer that you are a proponent of my podcast for life and that you encourage others to subscribe to the podcast. But if you remember nothing else that I've said, remember this, in the game of life, everyone is a winner. You have no competitors. You aren't competing against anyone. So stop comparing yourself to others around you. There may be others running, or walking alongside you, but your race looks nothing like theirs and vice versa. You are unique and the race you're running is also unique. Whatever you've been doing up to this point to make you believe that you're in competition with anyone, stop. If you need to slow down, slow down. If you feel like you've had some energy, then boost your adrenaline. If you need to run a relay, then ask for help. But from this day forward, every time you want to compare yourself to someone else, just remember you have no competitors. Number five, make deposits. My aunt worked as a bank manager for some 40 plus years. And when my cousins and I were all young children, she opened each of us a savings account. She made the very first deposit. When we got this statement in the mail, I told my dad the account wasn't growing and he said, that's because you haven't made any deposits. The only way you can grow in life is to make deposits in yourself and into your spirit. We pour and pour, but we need to be filled and filled so that we too can grow. So make deposits. Number six, feed your spirit. In order to free your spirit, you need to feed your spirit. The spirit cannot be fed with things of this world. You need time with God's word, time in prayer, time in meditation, and time to hear from God. 
If your spirit feels empty, that's because you haven't made time to nourish it and to feed it. Fresh starts require time each day, not just weekly or monthly, or when we've reached a burnout stage. Fresh starts prevent us from burning out. Feed your spirit so your spirit can remain free. Number seven, be still. The brain is the most intricate organ in the body. And while science has made many advances, it has not begun to tap into all of the ways the brain operates. This is why it is crucial for us to practice mindfulness. We must constantly tap into our state of being and give our mind a place of rest. Just as your body must be at rest in order to restore and repair itself, your mind needs to be at rest in order to reset. Your mind is at tandem with your spirit. If your mind is not clear, then your spirit is not able to find clarity. Be careful what you allow into your headspace. It automatically feeds your spirit. Practice mindfulness. Be blessed in quietness. Be still. Number eight, honor your temple. Our bodies do so much for us, and yet often we do not return the favor. Just as our minds are in direct correlations to our spirits, so are our bodies. A mind and body at work affect a free or disturbed spirit. We must honor the temple God has given us. We must give our bodies time to rest. But we must also honor what is placed inside our temples, who has access to our temples, and what is around our temples. Our bodies sense tension and they respond to stress. When we experience illness, our bodies are often reacting to the environment or people around us. Pay attention to your temple and then honor your temple. Number nine, love without limitation. Children are truly a gift from God because they teach us God's greatest lesson, to love. We free our spirits when we love without limitation. We must love those around us those who often don't show love back to us, and those who need love, such as those who are less fortunate than ourselves, and even those who do not even know how to love. God loves in abundance and without reservation, and we must love like him. We are better when we love, and our spirits are free when we operate in love. If you want better days and a better life, you should love without limitation. And number 10, give it to God. I started by telling you not to have any leftovers. Well, the only way you can succeed in doing that is to give everything to God. At the beginning of the day, give it to God. As you go through the day, give it to God. At the end of the day, whatever happened, give it to God. Your spirit remains free when the one who created you to be one in spirit with him is in fellowship with you. First Peter five and seven reminds us we can cast all of our cares upon him for he cares for us. We have the benefit of a free spirit because we have someone who is willing to carry the burden for us. God cares for you and he cares for me. If you want to keep a free spirit, do your best, but always give it to God. I try to live by these 10 things. Do I falter? Of course. I'm human and so are you. 
but try to implement some or all of these things and let me know if they help you to free your spirit. We want to ensure this new start to the year is your very best start. We also want to remind you that every day with Jesus is a fresh start. And that's always good news. As I stated at the beginning of the show, today is Dr. King's birthday, and we celebrate the strides he made during the civil rights movement. During this King holiday weekend, we encourage you to participate in an act of service as a tribute of remembrance and as a way to continue his legacy. As I remember Dr. King, I also remember my sister, Charnel. Sunday would have been her 34th birthday, and this will be the first birthday since her passing. While I am no doubt saddened, I too would like to remember the strides in education she made and contribute toward her legacy. We have established the Dear Purpose Scholarship Fund in her honor and invite you to donate by visiting www.asdministries.org. Charnel dedicated her life's work to ensuring children understood the value of education. And it is our goal to continue her efforts. As Charnel rests with the Savior, we will continue the work down here. Thanks so much for watching and for listening and for supporting. We hope that you will free your spirits today. And we hope that you will continue being a part of April's Army. Before you go, I'd like to pray for you. God, thank you so much for the people in my army. It is my prayer that you will take care of their spirits. Thanks again for watching. See you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in to Confessions, Convictions, and Conversations. We are just getting started. So make sure to connect with me on social at AS Davenport and at Fresh Start Fridays. For more information on the podcast, please visit www.asdministries.org. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show and be a part of April's Army. Remember, any time is a good time to confess the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, live by your own personal convictions, and it's always a great time to have a good conversation. I'm your girl, April Davenport. See you next time.